This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello, self-isolators. This is Sam Matterface, and welcome to the Game Day podcast from TalkSport. 14 days without football and counting. Uh, most of the Premier League teams thought they were going back to training this week, but that was kiboshed on Monday night with the Prime Minister's announcement on social distancing and essential movement. Stay at home, folks. I'll tell you what they were going to do and what they're going to do now. Also this week, Portsmouth have been at the centre of the coronavirus outbreak. Sean Raggett found that he'd tested positive whilst having his tea in a pub. We'll hear from his CEO, Mark Catlin, as those numbers increase. Clive Allen on being one of the first to be diagnosed with COVID-19. And Jermaine Beckford getting freaked out by a spider. Plus, the big stories from the Olympics, the PFA, UEFA and some other lighter features too. This is Game Day. Yeah, we'll try and have a little bit of fun with it, but we will bring you all the essential news. Alex Crook is with me. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Um, that Jermaine Beckford story just reminded me about your phobia of snakes, but I guess that's for another podcast. Uh, we might get to that a little bit later, but I'm over that now. I, I, and I'll explain that a little bit later on. Um, have you been uh, keeping yourself busy during this period of isolation? Do, do you know what? I'm actually busier than I was before, which um, seems a bit crazy. But yeah, I've managed to fill the hours. Um, like a lot of people, I'm trying to... Stay fit, stay in shape, a uh, bit of exercise for body and mind. And I found, don't laugh, and I found what really good... What shape are you trying to stay in? <laughs> well, you know, you, you, don't don't, you, don't keep this, you don't keep this body without some effort. But I found a really good use for my five-month-old daughter. Um, I haven't got, you know, an at-home gym like you have, no dumbbells or anything. So I'm actually using her as a makeshift weight to do bench presses and, and, and high weights. And uh, yeah, she's quite heavy. She's only six months old, isn't she? Uh, yeah, five and a half. And you're six foot three. And what really concerned me, I saw a video of this online, and, and, and you seem to struggle after about two reps. <laughs> well, I've never been renowned for my upper body weight, but I'm trying. Uh, you've been definitely renowned for your upper body weight, just not your upper body strength. Um, by the way, I haven't got a home gym. I've just got some dumbbells. <laughs> it's not particularly elaborate. Um, anyway, shall we get to this week's top stories? The IOC has agreed to postpone this summer's Olympic Games after a request from the Japanese government. It means that Phil Neville will have added complications next summer because not only is he due to take charge of the 
Team GB at the Olympics, but the England national women's team at the European Championships, which is scheduled to be a week before. It's likely now that the Women's Euro 2021 will become Euro 2022. Bobby Barnes of the PFA says that he thinks that when football returns, it will be behind closed doors. He said football is about the fans, but in the reality of the current situation, for the vast majority of players, particularly at the highest level, their income is funded by television money and there are contracts that have to be adhered to. Ashley Young, the former Manchester United captain, has shared his experiences of life in Italy with a detailed list of do's and don'ts for the UK if they want to avoid the incredible and rather devastating death toll that has fallen upon Italy. He warns people to keep their distance and that supermarkets are the places now where you're most likely to pick up the virus. And Birmingham City have become the first championship club to ask their players to take a wage deferral as the impact of the COVID-19 outbreak takes hold. Some great feel-good stories this week, like Andy Carroll organising a whip round for the kit man's hip injury, uh, Jose Mourinho delivering food to the elderly of Enfield. Football does have a heart, folks. Uh, Pep giving $1 million to buy a kit for fighting the bug in, in Spain. I think it's in, important to highlight some of those big stories as well because, you know, footballers and football people get a lot of stick because, you know, the passion, the intensity, the rivalry in the game, but... Jose Mourinho, I think I've said it on this podcast a couple of times, you know, he's a different character away from the um, caricature, I think, that you see on the TV sometimes. So it's good to highlight when people are doing things that are giving back to the community. Yeah, and it makes me laugh you mentioning Andy Carroll there, actually, because there was a great tweet during the rounds of uh, somebody saying, my wife is, is ignoring the instructions about panic buying because I've just found Andy Carroll uh, in the bread cupboard, so that was brilliant. Black, you know, it's, it's, the humour on social media has, has been a tonic at, at times as well. Yeah, and you do need a little bit of that. Um, okay, let's focus on a couple of those stories that we mentioned at the top, starting with that Portsmouth story. I don't know what has surprised me more, actually. The fact that Sean Raggett had zero symptoms, which is really worrying, uh, before testing positive for coronavirus, or the fact that he was eating a hungry horse. Uh, I'm, I'm not a hungry horse kind of guy. I know that is very much up your street, but a pro athlete, I was surprised. Uh, what's the latest on them now? You need to go to Hungry Horse and have a stack of onion rings. It's amazing as a starter. Um, the, the latest <laughs> the latest is that five uh, Portsmouth players at the time of recording have now tested positive for COVID-19. They're still awaiting uh, a fraton part, the results of one test of a member of Kenny Jackett's backroom staff. But I think the most alarming thing about this story um, is that all five players clearly are young, healthy athletes. In, in every case, they're showing little or no symptoms of the illness. Wouldn't even know they had it, but for these tests that were carried out routinely after Pompey played Arsenal in the Cup, funded out of the club's own coffers because that's had a bit of traffic on social media as well. The fact football players are able to get tested and the general public aren't. Um, but it's a warning, isn't it? It's a start warning to the rest of society that any of us could be walking around carrying this deadly disease almost as a weapon when you come into contact with vulnerable pensioners and, and, and people with underlying health problems and not realise that you're infecting people. So I think that, that for me, was really the, the thing that caught my eye. Uh, Pompey have done all the right things. The training ground has been closed. And I spoke to Mark Catlin early this week, partly ab about the, the health situation, but also about the finances and the way this outbreak is affecting particularly lower league clubs and he was a bit controversial he admits it himself because he told me despite calls to the contrary from some EFL chairman and chief executive 
he doesn't feel they should rely on the Premier League to bail them out of trouble. Listen, the Premier League do a lot already in regards of the money that filters down through the leagues, in regards of the money that filters through into our academies. Listen, at this time, they've got their own businesses to run as well. It's for each individual EFL club to manage their resources accordingly. And I know this isn't an extraordinary event, but, you know, we've got to not just rely on handouts from the Premier League. Ultimately, we've got to look at ourselves and say, how are, one, are we going to get out of it? And then two, when we come out the other side, how are we going to run our club so that if, if an event such as this happens again, you know, we're not all in trouble in the first few weeks of, of any, you know, future crisis. So, Whatever they could do, obviously great, and I'm sure they're doing a lot behind the scenes to help anyway. But they they genuinely don't have this magical pot of money that they can just go helping clubs out. But I'm hearing a lot of stories individually of clubs helping out where they can, you know, in regards of loans and deferring payments and things like that. So that's great, and and that that is the Premier League, you know, that they're, they're they're really good at that. But as I say, at some point, as a group, EFL, the Premier. League, Premier League have to look after their interests and their businesses, which benefits, you know, the EFL. But the EFL in isolation, you know, we have to look after ourselves as well. Fascinating story and really interesting because he's got a different take. And I know that Simon Jordan, who's in one of the papers later in the week, saying in his column in The Sun, you know, he he doesn't agree with that. And he believes that uh, the Premier League has to dip into its pockets to to help out and I'm sure that is going to run and run I think Mark Catlin wants to have a have a chat with Simon Jordan at some stage on TalkSport maybe that will be one for next week a fascinating story about the women's Euros because there's no way that you can have two international competitions back to back and I suppose the Olympics sort of takes precedent does it because it's a it's a multi-sport organisation so therefore they will dictate the calendar so in effect, UEFA's hand is going to be forced on this. They're going to have to move it to 2022. Yeah, and I think actually, unlike in the men's game, obviously we had that experiment. I was there at Old Trafford when we entered a, a men's team in 2012. I think in the women's game, the the Olympics is a pretty prestigious competition, might even oh, take priority over the Euros. So, yeah, I, I think inevitably, as you say, that there needs to be a, a change in the calendar. But I, I guess we're all sort of making this up as we go along. It's an extraordinary situation Uh, the like of which I hope and pray we will never see again. And it's hard to criticise any of the authorities because, like the government themselves, actually, they're just trying to do as best they can in very turbulent and testing times. Indeed. Also this week, Clive Allen confirmed that he had recovered from COVID-19. He was diagnosed in the middle of March and was tested in his own home by Public Health England. I spoke to him on Wednesday and he described what happened. Well, I just had the uh, classic symptoms, um, high temperature, um, just shivery, just felt basically felt as if I, I had a um, you know a bout of the flu, and then sort of five days later um, started to feel better. So, did you go to the doctor with these symptoms and they tested you because there isn't that much testing around? But you have been tested, haven't you? How did that come about? Yes, because of obviously um, it was the early stages. There was there was information about it. I called 111. They asked me a number of questions. Um, and basically, they said to me they'll be back to me within two or three days, which they did. They called me back, said, how was I feeling? I felt very much the same at that time. And um, it was on the 15th that I was I was tested. They came three or four days later and tested me on the 15th. So they came so to your house, did they? They did, yes. Yeah. Uh, swabbed my uh, nose and throat. And... Um, 
went away with, with obviously um, before I got the results, which was five days later. Were you scared, and, and and are you scared about the effects of the virus and what it could do to those who are vulnerable? Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I I like to think I'm reasonably, or was, and and are reasonably healthy, um, and I know how I felt. Um, I'd hate to think how that would feel for someone who is vulnerable. And there's a lot of people, and, and totally understand the obviously the messages that we're being given in terms of trying to protect those people because um, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Do you know what? I think it's actually good to hear how severe the symptoms are and how it affects even the fittest of men and women, although I know it appears to affect men more from what I read in the LA Times uh, this week, uh, because it serves as an extra warning to, to everybody. You know, Pepe Reina saying that he felt like he had been hit by a train, you know, another one who's been diagnosed with it. Um, I spoke to Clive, actually, because I was uh, producing a series, I am producing a series about uh, forwards, number nines, uh, and I've done quite a few, and a, a few of those uh, interviews will be coming to a radio near you very shortly, some great names as well. Um, I also spoke to Jermaine Beckford last week for that series. It was a great interview. He's also a very, very funny guy. He took it really seriously, although we had a laugh all the way through, but he took it sort of like he wanted to do it properly, he sat outside his house in his car so that it was nice and quiet and he didn't get interrupted but then halfway through he spotted a visitor found a spider in my car and I'm not going to lie to you I'm f***ing myself a little bit (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd been recording that bit (laughs) what sort of spider is it? I'm not a flipping spider expert. I don't know. It's a spider. <laughs> I think you're going to be okay, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Flipping, oh man. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> oh, the last I'm... thing I wanted to do was start talking about my time at, at Everton and then all of a sudden a spider lands on me and I'm going, ah, ah, there's a spider. <laughs> Um, I'm paranoid. I'm looking around the car, making sure there's no more in there. But I'm sweating, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sweating. Wow. (laughs) I know. It's so funny. And actually, we had to stop the interview and wait before we could start again because he was a little bit sort of like on edge. You could feel it's like he needed to stop and get out of the car and get rid of this spider. Otherwise, he he wouldn't he wouldn't have been able to continue. Um, are you scared of being trapped in a car with anything? I haven't got many fears, to be honest. I don't think there's anything that I'd be... Maybe the ex-wife. Um, that, that could be an issue. <laughs> are we allowed to put that out? <laughs> oh, we're going to anyway. Uh, I, I, I was going to say I, I wouldn't like to be trapped in a car with a cat, but you win. You hands down win <laughs> the game of I don't want to be trapped in a car with anything. Uh, this is Sam Matterface and Alex Crook with the Game Day Pod from TalkSport. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Staying in, really important. Um, but so is washing your hands still. We've seen loads of great videos over the last week. Neil Diamond's done one. I saw a video from uh, Liam Gallagher, a couple of Liam Gallagher videos. and I-, I loved Champagne Sopanova. Uh, that was my favourite so far. A few of us in the Game Day pod team have been sending each other videos of us washing our hands to the tune of our favourite terrace chant. Here's Crooks. Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. Came from sporting like Cristiano. He goes left, he goes right, makes defenders look big. He's a Portuguese magnifico. Cue the halo. <laughs> and no surprise, he went for Bruno Fernandes. I love it's you, good Bruno. Song. It's I a good song. It's a good song. I, I like the way you self-edited as well, you know, because you could have uh, got... Actually, this is not true. Let's just tell the truth. You sent us the first video you sent us. It had the swear word in, and we had to tell you to take it down because you, you're in the Neanderthal, and you, and you didn't get sort of... <laughs> you, you don't, you, I'm sure you don't get social distancing, but you certainly don't get social protocols either. Uh, <laughs> that was a word that you cannot use uh, on a podcast, and it's certainly a word that you can't put on social media. Uh, me and Herbie, my three-year-old-ish, uh, three in a month, uh, went for this. One, two. One, two, three. Oh, Sammy, Sammy. Sammy, 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 Abraham. Oh, Sammy, Sammy. Wash your hands. Sammy, 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 Abraham. Come on. i got to admit, that was uh, the first take. We did two other takes and he wasn't as enthusiastic. But the first one, he really got into it. But he's not very compliant. You can't really tell him what to do. He does what he wants to do. And uh, he he loves Tammy Abraham. So, uh, you know, I'm singing along with him. Um, if you've got uh, ones that are similar, if you want to send us yours, then please do. Your little videos of you and your family washing your hands to a terrace chant. We will take them at Alex underscore Crook or me at Sam Matterface on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, on social distancing, I mentioned social distancing. Do you know how, how big two metres is, by the way? I mean, you, you're pretty close to two metres, aren't you? What are you, one metre what? Oh, I don't know. I, I still work in feet, so I'm six foot four and a half inches. You're sort of four or five inches away from, from two metres. It's a Peter Crouch's length away. I want you to try and uh, sort of envisage that. So you know how big Peter Crouch is. Uh, he's taller than Dan Byrne. He's bigger than Yannick Vestergaard. Um, if you lay him down between you and another person, just think about that. That's how far away you need to be from each other uh, for social distancing. Uh, and I interestingly spoke to a couple of clubs this week about going back to training. And one of them, at least, had devised sessions with very different to sort of any other sessions and drills that they'd done before. So there was no sort of plans to do eight or eight or rondos. This was specific sets of drills where the players were 
two metres apart. Obviously, that was kiboshed once they were told they weren't really allowed to go back to work at this stage. Uh, but um, it was interesting, I thought, they were developing things like that. On the subject of what teams are doing, it was really interesting. I was, I was listening to an interview with Neil Mope at Brighton yesterday, and they're actually still holding group training sessions. I don't know if this is something that's been replicated around the Premier League, but they all dial up via video conference, and one of the Brighton fitness coaches puts them through their paces. So they're still coming together communally, even while working from home. And he said, that's good for team spirit because you're still seeing your teammates every day. You know, if any of them are feeling low, maybe those like him whose family uh, are still living in France and he's on his own in Sussex. It it just raises morale a bit. Um, I think that's really good about them dialing up the uh, video conferencing service and and, and being able to see each other and still going through their, their, their paces. I think that sort of breeds the team spirit. We're all in this together sort of thing. I quite like that. And it's important, isn't it, particularly for a team like Brighton, who when football does resume, whenever that may be, they've got a relegation battle to fight. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a positive move. And you know, it doesn't surprise me with Graham Potter because he's a very forward-thinking and, and innovative manager. Um, it's interesting because we've done the same thing, haven't we? We've sort of had group get-togethers, groups of friends, people that work together. We've had sort of like quiz nights and sort of nights in the virtual bar. I think we're trying to organise some sort of poker evening as well where we all sit in our own homes and, and, and trying to interact the way we used to interact. I don't know how long we're going to have to do this for, but it is important still to sort of try and mix with other people other than just the one or two people that are in your household. This weekend's going to be particularly difficult for me on, on that front because a whole weekend with no sport at all, at least last weekend, ITV put on some racing from Ireland. I thought Ed Chamberlain and the team did a fantastic job on that. I don't know if you saw it, but they, they got just the right tone and, it gave you that live sport fix. This Saturday is looking very blank. And I think for a lot of people, that is going to be difficult. You know, and it, people who don't understand sport, and clearly nobody listens to this podcast would fit into that category, they won't understand it. But sport and football in particular fills a, a big void in a lot of people's lives. And it, it's that time of the week when you do come together, you know, with people you've probably sat with at, at various stadiums throughout the course of your football watching career, people you probably only see once a week. But the fact that, can't happen at the moment. I would imagine a lot of people are finding that very difficult. No football means not much work to do for our illustrious team of game day reporters who trek heartily up and down the country every weekend for talk sport, but are now confined to the house. Let's check in with one of them now and see how they are handling uh, their commentary confinement. Don McGuinness, how are you? Well, I've climbed just about every single wall in the house, Sam, but you know, you've got to make the best of this situation, of course, and apart from bouncing around every morning at nine o'clock with Joe Wicks and the rest of the world, it would seem, you know, I've been trying to busy myself, you know, the things that you, you've got to do, really, I mean, obviously, you help the kids with the homework, and some of that involves uh, cooking these days, which is quite nice, making a Spanish omelette yesterday, and I've been trying to learn a bit of Spanish, funnily enough, and then, you know, what you've got to do is, is dust the uh, cobwebs off the old banjo, and that's not a euphemism, I've actually been trying to... To, uh, to learn a few chords and, uh, you know, get a bit giddy. But I think probably the best thing I've done, or whether to amuse everybody in the house, is that we've got a rabbit, and the rabbit's been getting a bit more attention. So we've been building an assault course for the rabbit and trying to uh, have a bit of fun these ways. That's the way that's, you've got to do these things. The sun's shining, so you make the best of it. And the, 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 that's what you've got to do. You've got to pull the rabbit out of the hat in times like this and come up with something special. Um, have you found yourself commentating or reporting in your head on like social media, like Clive Tilsley or Nick Heath on everyday events? Oh, well, the rabbit. 
trying to uh, obviously navigate the assault course has been key because there are a couple of jumps in there if I, I can kind of describe it to you he's got like a, a two story hutch and we've made a, a little pipe so he's got to come out of the hutch through the pipe then he's got a couple of little kind of if you think of a rabbit grand national he's got a couple of hurdles that he's got to clear then there's a welly maze and then it, it, there's, there's a few footballs that he can zigzag through as well so they've got to navigate that and then again the, penned in but if the rabbit isn't feeling the assault course there is an area where can hop out and then and be free for a little while as well so it's uh, it's made for some kind of uh, you know uh, some kind of amusement for the kids and and myself and they, they've insisted that i, I mention them as well so it's nancy Moraith and jp that have been busy building the assault course and and again we, we, we've got the rabbit doing all sorts of stuff to amuse us i do want to know more about this banjo what do you play on the banjo well i i, I don't think you believe me Um, well you see you know as I say these are the things that you try and do in times like this is that you've got to try and you know improve your skills so ah he's got more strings to his bow than you thought so yeah it's a, it's a job in progress. Uh, how much are you missing the football, though? Apart from your uh, musical prowess, how much are you missing it? <laughs> uh, well, I, I know we all have bigger concerns at the moment, but of course, yeah, we, we, we are counting down the times that hopefully we get a bit of normality. And you know, most we all try and come this as, through this whole thing as safe as we possibly can. But yeah, of course, it's it's horrible, isn't it, for us? I mean, the thing is, we, we just we, we, we can't do anything without live sport, really, can we? And and again, I'm not by any means, you know, in any way undermining. The, the more serious issues that are at hand but of course yeah we're, we're desperate for football to come back and some normality to resume and hopefully everyone's saying they're safe as well as possible but yeah can you just picture it now if we do get going in the summer if everything please god can calm down and, and again so everyone stays safe we can get some football on in the summer and see how we do it'd be absolutely amazing it's not just the football of course as well i'm i'm missing the boxing as well in a, in a big way and, and the boxing kind of you know went just a little bit after the football in terms of it, the diary being wiped clean so all of that it, it, you've got to look at the positives it could be an absolutely amazing summer i'm looking at the sunshine outside here now as well we can't make the best of it at the moment but you know in a couple of months hopefully we can indeed tom thank you very much enjoy it and well done with the rabbit and keep uh, fiddling with that banjo um and hopefully hopefully you'll hit the right note at some point uh cheers that's don mcginnis the first of our commentary confinements and that's it from us thank you very much for listening to this week's show we'll be back same time next week with all the best bits of news and the big bits uh, of breaking news from around the world of football and the silly smiley bits as well to keep you happy as you stay at home and save lives the Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes the latest odds we set them form guides we've got them Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.